Welcome back to Reality 2.0. I'm Catherine Druckmann. I am talking to Sean Powers and Kyle Rankin and Doc Searles, who you probably know. And we're going to talk about a lot of things because you know what? This is the last episode before we take a little holiday break that we all desperately need. And by we, I mean me. So we're going to we're going to keep it real casual. We're just going to talk about what's on our mind, which is probably weaving and maybe whiskey yes. and maybe Catherine the Great, but also maybe some tech stuff too. So so uh, basically stay we tuned. don't have any ideas yeah no we, we have no idea we have, you know, oh, we're gonna three ideas microphone. just not tech ideas yeah yeah i mean sometimes we you know tech isn't everything but you know we're, weaving is a technology so we're keeping our ideas really private <laughs> yes <laughs> private weaving ideas so yeah so here we are hang out with us also visit us at reality2cast.com and check out all of our other stuff, especially last week's episode, which was really awesome about DNS. But yeah, so so okay, let's let, let's go back to um, maybe we should start with the microphone idea because that is a real thing. So we get we get asked a lot actually by various people and each other <laughs> about the tools that we use to produce this podcast, and one of them is how do you find a good mic? So that's relevant to everyone these days right because we all spend half of our day on zoom or the equivalent yeah um, and we need we need good sound quality because sound quality is everything as i'm sure everyone listening understands and agrees with because we've had a couple episodes where we had some sound problems and we acknowledge that and we're trying to always improve so 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 sean's our microphone guru oh that's um, I, I don't know <laughs> this this might be rough connoisseur you're like a yeah. microphone sommelier I, perhaps i've been know. recording my voice for a lot of years but so is doc so I, that's I don't true know. well both of y'all know know your know your stuff with mics i just have a blue yeti hopefully it's okay it's usually okay although i've had a couple episodes where i think i sounded terrible but um i don't know if that was the the microphone or my own uh user error <laughs> Sometimes it accidentally, uh, when I had my AirPods on, it would accidentally, I would switch over and it would record from the AirPods instead of the Blue Yeti. And that's, oh, yeah, that, that's not great. Yeah, no. that's a bummer. There's the Blue I, Yeti and then there's the Happy Yeti. Yeah. 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 Sometimes the mine Blue is, Yeti is happy. Mine is a silver Blue Yeti. So the frustrating part about Mike's. I like is, the Yeti's red period personally, but that's just, <laughs> you know. yeah. Yeah. It's tough to follow that, Kyle. <laughs> um, so the frustrating part about a microphone is you can't just say, this is the best microphone you can buy in this price range. And it's because microphones sound different for every person. For example, Catherine, you have the Blue Yeti microphone. That is a really great microphone. And I hate it more than most microphones <laughs> I've tried. I truly just despise the Blue Yeti when I'm using it. Um, and so I, while it sounds great for you, you always sound good. I mean, apart from, you know, some weird technical things a couple of times, but I mean, generally you sound really great with the Blue Yeti. It's a good mic. It picks you up. It, you know, it has, it carries your voice well. For me, it's terrible. It picks up all the background noise. I sound like I'm in a tin can, but not in a cool way. Uh, I just, I sound terrible on it. And it, like I can be typing next door and the Blue Yeti will pick up every click and clack, but if I say something under my breath, it, it doesn't come through. I just, I just hate the Blue Yeti so much, but that's just me, right? It sounds great for other people. There's a reason it's a super popular microphone. So 
Now, there are other factors too. And that's part of it is your environment. If you're in a room with, you know, that is sparsely furnished and has a wood floor and, you know, something like that, you, you might, I think, have more issues with something like a Blue Yeti. Whereas I am in a room full of junk with carpet. And <laughs> there's not a lot of uh, stuff for my voice to bounce around on in here. That's true. And there are there are like two main classes of microphones. There's a condenser mic and then there's the dynamic mic. Uh, if you've ever seen the the plus 48 volts thing where like, you know, like, why do some microphones want the plus 48 volts? Well, that's because it's a condenser mic and it requires electricity in order to function, whereas a dynamic mic does not. So that's the difference there. Generally, those condenser mics are more sensitive. And so a lot of times they'll use condenser mics like in a studio setting. Uh, where they want to get the nuances of of tender voices and instruments and you know mosquitoes dancing in the wind and um a lot of times for a live performance where they're like thrashing on stage they'll use a dynamic mic but even that isn't the rule that's just a rule of thumb if you will so on a, on a uh, I actually, I'm sure we have more. I don't know. Maybe Doc have, has some some more to weigh in about the mic thing, but I already have a segue in mind in my mind. Okay, I, I just <laughs> I'm going to um, pause my segue. I, I noticed that Sean is using a famous electro voice mic that I recognize from a zillion radio studios because it's it's just a it's a stalwart, highly respected workhorse type microphone. I've got a Heil here, which is a loner from. Twit, which I do the other podcast on, and Catherine does too. And uh, it, as far as I know, it sounds good. I sound okay on it anyway. It's fairly directional. I like that. But you know, to me, that the interesting thing about mics is that is, is that nobody rating headphones that have microphones with them ever rates the microphone, and they vary a great deal. So, for example, Apple's standard white earbuds that used to, I don't think they, they come with phones anymore, but I'll hold one up for the people here. They can see it. There it is. You know, you plain old $20, $29 earbuds. They have a great mic. They may not sound that great, but they have a great mic. And there are other my headphones I've had that have had terrible microphones in them. And you don't know when you buy them and nobody rates it. And that bothers me. So that's far as Good I'll point. take it. I don't know if there's a segue from there or not, but there you go. No, uh, I was actually. Links to, we can put links to our mics, right, in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely yeah. put links. I think we have before, but just in case anyone needs oh, okay. a little refresher, I'll I'll add some new ones. Um, yeah. So I was actually thinking about this idea. So I've, in thinking about what we were going to talk about today, I thought, oh well, maybe we should go around and talk about you know holidays and gifts and 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 fun stuff like that but it, but then i started thinking about it and i wonder in this group i don't i'm not entirely sure but i think we are tending to not get into like geeky gifts this year is that just me or is that everybody else i feel like i have all the things i don't need any more i'm this is the first year in a while where i think i've spent less on gadgets or i i don't know it's it's a it's a it's an interesting thing and it, it reminded me of for example Kyle's loom like are we all kind of re rejecting and, and going back to uh, basic things like you know hacking around of cocktails and cooking and weaving and, and things like that and taking a little bit of a mental break from technology is that happening or am I imagining it are you talking about for personal 
for personal well, we would reasons. Want I mean, on yeah. our wish list, or are you talking about what we would give others? Because I mean, oh, may, well, maybe I mean, both. In my case, yes. I have either. a general focus uh, that is it is that is not technical this year, and I thought that was interesting, both in terms of my own needs and and others. But I wondered, um, yeah, how how are y'all doing this year? You know, for, for me, I guess the gifts that um, I think most of a lot of my gifts are less technical. Not It's not as a general rule, but I do think what happened was the things that have interested me most this past year um, can be summed up either with most recently weaving, but then before that, uh, antique uh, adding machines and calculators and things like that. And then I think that spawned an overall personal interest in antiquity and interesting older objects that have significance uh, than it would have otherwise and some of my gifts which i'm sort of reflected that you know like where where it's not necessarily it's not like i'm getting anyone else a mechanical calculator for <laughs> christmas uh, although it's a great gift i would think uh but but i have in in look, researching that sort of thing other you know vintage items came up that i am that i did buy and will will be gifts this this season but beyond that also I'm doing a, a lot of the weaving I'm doing right now is weaving gifts <laughs> for other people. Um, uh. So I've been busier than normal in this hobby, even though I only started a few weeks ago because I've, I have all these different now that once I did it once and saw that I could, it worked and I could do a reasonable job worthy of giving someone else a gift quickly. Uh, then I started doing that. So, you know, my, my very first, uh, project was a scarf for my wife that wasn't a gift because I just wanted, I didn't want to, you know, put the pressure, added pressure of something I made being a gift too, if it's, if it was horrible, <laughs> uh, but it actually turned out pretty good. Uh, also, also it's hard to do that secretly from my wife when she's yeah. sitting there watching me do this over the course of a few days. So, uh, <laughs> but on the success of that, I realized, okay, well now I can make my mom a scarf. So I did. And then I had, after the success of that, I said, well, now I need to make it way more complicated. So now I will start weaving plaid, which is a whole like leveling up in about three different ways. So I did a plaid table runner for my mother-in-law uh, and that went faster than I thought. I was basically budgeting all of December to do that or most of December. And that was done relatively quickly too. So now I have spare time. So now I'm weaving something for someone else. So like, so I guess, now that I have a hobby that happens to m produce things for other people, uh, that's influencing a lot of at least my gifts. That's, that sounds like so much fun. I I wonder, like I I know so there are um, different groups of people who are in different places as far as the let's say their level of quarantine and believing the pandemic to be over. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like you know we're, no matter who, where you are in that process, we're we're still very much influenced by. Um, I don't know, let's call it the early pandemic period where we were all going back to learning, you know, let's say sourdough is a good example. And so we were, uh, you know, I, I did things like baking and gardening and all of these like at home things that I was never all that into before. And, and I think maybe like, I wonder if there's like this collective consciousness thing, like where the next phase is going into, like, I've always been interested in old stuff, like, you know, being interested in collecting antiques or researching antiques and stuff like that is nothing new for me, but, 
but I've recently kind of rekindled a lot of that interest and I've started reading a little bit more and sort of refreshing my memory about certain things and I don't know it's just I, I wonder if there's a there's a kind of a broader social trend or something and I don't know I wondered if y'all had any thoughts about that you might kick me off of this episode but I guess I think about I don't I don't really buy gifts for anybody <laughs> well, we, we're married. kind of the same way we, yeah. we actually we 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 scaled back christmas years ago um and i mean to to make it more about family gathering and stuff like that i mean with grandkids when we used to go to baltimore to be at our grandkids place um when they were small uh we of course we gave them stuff but even there it was like they had they have four living grandparents and they have lots of other relatives and their parents are very generous with them. And so our gifts for them kind of got lost in this explosion of opening presents where not a knock on them, but it really felt like, Oh my God, it, it wasn't so much that it cheapened whatever we gave, it just diminished it, you know, to, to insignificance. And, and so, you know, but among ourselves, among, uh, my wife and I and our our only son together is now 25 years old and we're not going to be having Christmas with this year for the first time. Um, you know, kind of like we're not getting anything for each other is sort of like the default. Um, you know, but there's still the anxiety and um, sense of obligation, some of it legitimate, you know, we still have to get something for the grandkids. Got to get um, and now my, my sister, and then, you know, should we get something from my son or his girlfriend? They're going to her house. They should have something from us. If they're going to open up under the tree and what are they going to do? I mean, this is not high anxiety, but it's definitely something to think about. And, and they start thinking about the supply chain and can I get something that's actually going to arrive there and what the hell is their address? And I have, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I was going to so actually go into that too. Thing. The yeah. supply chain. I mean, and I say, I, I don't get people things my wife does, right? I mean, my, my checkbook buys gifts for people. <laughs> um, I'm just generally not the one who's who's doing it. Uh, this year, though, yeah, with the, I mean, you know, the past few years, even before the pandemic, I mean, Christmas came from Amazon, I'm, I'm ashamed to say. Um, and <laughs> yeah. so this year is, is going to be, you know, and we don't have any kids in our lives anymore right now. I mean, our kids are grown and we don't have grandkids yet. So that's a, you know, we just have adults. And I, I think that we're not, I think we did a, we're, we're doing a gift exchange. Maybe we're doing a gift exchange, maybe not because of the pandemic again, but um, we're like, we buy a gift and pass it around and play some dumb, like white elephant thing, or I don't even know what that's called, but you know, we'll, we'll do that thing, uh, but we don't get gifts for everybody anymore. So I, I mean, I can think about like things that I want, but I generally don't wait for Christmas time, right? If I want something <laughs> really bad, I just, you know, I'm going to get it. Kyle didn't wait until Christmas to get himself a loom. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. I, I, yeah, I, I'm a, to be honest. Yeah. I'm not a huge, I'm not a gift buyer particularly either only for myself. Apparently I did buy myself a couple nice things for Christmas. One of them was a scarf inspired by Madame de Pompadour <laughs> because oh. that's a thing that I'm into. And it was uh, the French porcelain society in fact was uh, selling so, a scarf. Yeah. A, I have a weird question thing. about something that could be a gift. Does, are you, is anybody here a Roomba person? Not like an actual Roomba person, like who goes around and cleans. <laughs> I, am, I am in fact made of. Are Roomba any of us secretly yeah. a Roomba? Uh, are we? I'm secretly a Roomba. Yeah. Are we? Does uh, anybody have a Roomba? I do not. 
I, I do have a Roomba, and that is one of my wife's most prized electronic possessions other than her laptop, I would say. <laughs> to the point that it's, it having downtime would be a big deal. How, oh, let's wow. put it that way. Oh. We, yeah. And Kyle, I've always I wanted a Roomba. Yeah, so I know, but Kyle, that you dogs. live in an older home, right? I mean, it's not, it's not a brand new home. And so you must also have, maybe you don't, have uneven floors where like, you know, different rooms have different dividers between them. And, you know, like over the years, there's subfloors different height than there. Or is that not a case for you? Because we have an older home and we would have to get a Roomba for every room. And then maybe it would be able to get around. So I, Do they I, not have like an off-road Roomba kind of like with heavy-duty tires? That <laughs> I don't know. Scale it's like all-wheel drive, uh, you know, a Roomba utility vehicle of some sort. And also so, uh, maybe I'm more cluttered than most people, but I think that a Roomba would like, oh, look, it's a shoe. I'm going to stand behind this shoe until somebody moves it, you know, because. <laughs> so the Roomba works for you and your wife, though, right, Kyle? I mean, it sounds like yeah. it's an important thing. Well, so. A couple of things. One, we have hardwood floors, uh, which is when you have hardwood floors, dust, everything you can see, mm. all Dog of the hair. dirt. When, oh you, my when you have carpet, Dog yeah, hair. when you have carpet, it's as filthy, but you can't see it until you use a like a wet back and then mm -hmm. you see just how filthy everything is. Uh, but on a hardwood floor, you see everything. And so uh, with the nice thing about the Roomba is it primarily for us, it's not something that we typically run in, in bedrooms or offices or things like that. It is almost strictly a common area uh, tool. So it it's focused on the, the living room for us and our kitchen dining room area, mm -hmm. which is which is connected. So, so it's we connected use virtual, all, all one level? One level, one large, basically one large space with a doorway in between. Okay. And so we use the virtual walls. Sometimes we will focus it on a room at a time, but most of the time it just focuses on, it does both of those rooms and we run it. We don't have it on a schedule or anything. We typically just run it every, every two days or every couple of days uh, when we decide to. Now I, we did have one at one point with us, one of the original ones with a scheduler and that was great, but that one died and the new one that we bought uh, didn't come with the scheduler. So but yeah, we have, I mean, we have a number back when, back when Woot used to sell things like that for bargain basement prices was when we started investing in Roombas. And yeah, I mean, I think they're great. Uh, they're great because they don't have to do an amazing job because you can run them again mm. and they're unattended, you know? So it's not that if I sat there with a broom, I, I can obviously do a better job than a Roomba cleaning a room once, but I can also go on an errand and leave the Roomba. And when I come back, it's done, it's docked and charging. And the area that I focus on is pretty good, you know, and especially for something I'm not going to be doing every other day. I, I, have a, I have a Roomba story, actually. I've never had a Roomba, but we have a house that sometimes other people use. And, um, and somebody bought a Roomba to use there. Now we have... Um, I mean, it's, a, it's hardwood floors. It was relatively new houses built in 06. It has scattered rugs here and there. Um, but it, it shouldn't be a challenge for a room, except in this sense. The stairs are open. In other words, the floor ends and then there's a cliff underneath the stair above, right? So, so into the stairwell. So if a Roomba does not detect that edge, it's going over the edge. And 
and that's what happened. <laughs> some some poor person brought their Roomba, and they, I remember we talked to him about it. You know, it it, it may have trouble with this cliff right here, and sure enough, it did. Can that so, be programmed? I thought that could be. Like, I'm, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're to. programmed to do this, but that's what this person re reassured us. Like, oh no, no, they're really intelligent about this. You know, apparently <laughs> they, they until they aren't. The very <laughs> first time they it was just the suicidal. Is all it went right over? Yeah, it was. Suicidal. Well, it's so they. Yeah, that's the thing about them is they have all those sensors. They have cliff sensors and all these other sensors. However, it's also a thing that vacuums up dirt from your floor all the time. So all those right. sensors get dirty. And so there's maintenance that you have to, in, yeah. besides just changing its diaper every couple of days uh, <laughs> as it's cleaning, you know, other than that, there's just standard, you have to flip it over sometimes and clean contacts and clean all the other sensors because they're also getting dirty and filthy. And, and yeah, if, if the, if the sensor that detects I'm going over a cliff gets uh, covered with dirt, then it doesn't work. You know, and they're a little bit better now. The very first ones we had, uh, had no sense of it, it detected surfaces or, or borders by slamming into them at full speed. Uh, and then like, Oh, there's a wall. Oh, there's a chair. And it would just hit at full speed. The more recent ones uh, have sensors that when it sees that something's coming, it slows down first and then gently bumps uh, the surface instead of running into it full speed. Usually. Uh, but yeah, I, I think they're great. Uh, I've, to the point that if when if and when hours break, besides the fact that I have a spare uh, that I can take parts from, and I've actually taken them apart and repaired them a couple of times uh, when things have failed, uh, if that weren't an option, we would be buying a new one for sure pretty quickly. Fascinating. How, how does it do? Like, so we also have hardwood floors. Um, how does it do on like an area rug? Will it just go up the area rug and do some carpeting, or does it? it, it Typically, if you have fringe, it will eat the fringe and get stuck. Awesome. Uh, so you, people typically tuck the fringe. If you have fringe, they will tuck it underneath when they're running the Roomba there. Uh, for us, our carpet, our rug that it, it is on, if you have a rug that is sturdy enough that it won't just push around the room, that's the other thing. Okay. Like a very loose rug without a, a backing that just is very like a rag rug type thing that's not heavy, it might push around. Things that otherwise... The more recent Roombas, I think if you were to get a new one, they're better about this. Ours is is probably six or seven years old now, maybe even older than that. Uh, and it was a refurb from Woot when we got it to give you a sense of the age. So it's probably a 10-year-old Roomba. Yeah, and right. it's, with, with repairs and cleaning, it, it's still going fine. But but it sometimes will have trouble um, climbing. It's not that it can't, can't climb up, and it's not that it can't climb down. Every now and then, it'll get at a certain angle where... It can't. Back, it feels like it can't back itself out of the problem, and asks for help. That happens to me sometimes and then you, too. Yeah, yeah. So it's fine. <laughs> so I've been tempted to have a Roomba because you know who likes vacuuming, but um, I have dogs, and my dogs are not perfect. One of them, who's mm. very small, will occasionally sneak to the to somewhere downstairs and leave us a little gift that we don't find until later because we didn't even realize she had gone downstairs <laughs> and i'm afraid the Roomba, of the Roomba will find it images. yeah the Roomba yep, will find and it. they will yep they'll find it and they will paint your whole floor is what oh, i understand yeah. and i yeah, yeah that is Ooh, exactly yeah. why i don't have a Roomba. <laughs> yeah now if it, that's and that's the other thing is that the Roomba will get to places that you wouldn't probably sweep very well depending on how thorough you are uh if it can fit underneath it, it will go underneath whatever the, the thing is, right? And so 
that's a good thing about it, unless you have dogs that leave you surprises. Yeah. How'd that get there? And it's very tiny surprises, so I don't always see them. Very tiny dog. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. It's not a very frequent occurrence. It's just if it, it would were only to happen. Take once. Exactly. That is <laughs> yeah. exactly my fear. Only once well, would be too many it, it, times. And by the way, I'm talking about the one that acts as a vacuum, not the one that acts as a mop. I'm not necessarily keen on the mop version. Mm. Oh. Uh, just from practicality mop? standpoint, because it's just you're you're changing the the clean the dirty water so every single time that it's not as practical as say the Roomba, which you can usually run a few times and then dump it. So we'd also have to have one for every room because uh, our house does not have like one level and you know, like through our, we have our living room and then our dining room is separated by like a, there's probably a three quarters of an inch difference. And so then there's like a big wooden, I don't know what those things are called that you put in between um, rooms thing. when there's, unlevel yeah and so I, there's no way a room would get over that so it would be a one room only kind of thing but i don't know well i mean it'd be a thing that you run it in one room and then the next day you pick it up and you put it in the other room and start it and go somewhere else and because it's, it's not pleasant to be around when they're running they're kind of loud you know so yeah. you run them when you're not somewhere so we we often you know for spot if there's just a, it has a little spot cleaning modes and things so yeah we we move it around where it needs to be and just we might drop it off in the kitchen because only the kitchen needs its help. The living room living room's fine, and we'll set up a virtual wall so it won't go into the living room, and just sort of sits there and cleans. So, anyway, I recommend them. Something right. to consider. Magic, magic. I'm so, too um, smart to get my wife a vacuum cleaner for Christmas, though. Yeah, don't. No matter do how that, cool the vacuum is, that's nope. never an okay gift for your wife. Just, nope. Yeah. Although I did, <laughs> I did give one. I did give one to my mother-in-law for her birthday, and it has been. I think it's one of the, the her favorite presents we ever gave her. All right. Um, it's like it's like a new. It's like a pet. She thinks of it almost like a pet that cleans her house for her, or at least at least kind of tidies up the floor for her. So, so she likes it. Oh, cool. But but yeah, I wouldn't recommend it being your wife's. A Christmas present. <laughs> On that note, speaking of uh, yeah. angry women, um, <laughs> before <laughs> welcome to the Segway Show. <laughs> yeah, hey. uh, before we started recording, we were talking about uh, randomly talking about some television we're interested in, and I feel like we we need to share that with the class because that's too good a recommendation <laughs> to let slip. <laughs> the angry woman, of course, yeah. is Captain the Great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we've got one of those, but uh, already, but yeah. Uh, the, the, the other, the other, the other one, the not, not me. <laughs> the other, something right. you like to share with the class? Yeah, I, I think it, I'll, I'll jump, I'll jump in on that one. I think it's a, a great show. I think it, it, and it's a, it's a satire, and it's a satire on, on power politics, on history, on, on sex, on many different kinds of sex, on war, on, on, um, uh soap operas on theater itself i mean there's so many things and, and government especially government and the absurdities that happen in government um it, th there's almost no end to it and and it's you could tell all of the actors and the writers and everybody are actually having a good time with this um it, even in some of the more coarse and gross i mean some of it is is literally pornographic i mean it would it it it's the, the sex in it is is that level just in some ways, but but also funny in 
as well. So, um, uh, I mean, it, it is even, and there's some grotesque stuff too. Like there's a point where um, a couple of children are kicking some unfortunate guy's head back and forth like a soccer ball, you know? <laughs> and, like, it's not attached to, to, to the person. No, not attached to the person at all. It's just yeah. thumping back and forth and, and they say, kids go home. Well, can I take the head? You know, it's, it's like that. <laughs> Which like, oh uh, yeah, I didn't get to keep the head. Uh, it's 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 ludicrous in a lot of ways, but um, and very well done. I mean, I think the acting is very good. It's it's a comedy in some ways. Um, it sounds hilarious. It, it has it has tragedy. <laughs> it, it, is, it is it is. <laughs> It's the funny, funny. decapitation. You laugh, a, you, you laugh a fair amount in it, actually. So we enjoy it. We kind of go back and forth between that and succession because they're both about royal families of a sort. And uh, um, whereas succession is basically a, it's brilliantly done, but it's basically a, you know, it, it's about the um, the Murdoch family, basically. <laughs> but this is, this is about, it, 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 you can tell from the subtitle, it's like an occasionally true story. You know, so that's the subtitle of it. I I have not seen any of these shows. Yeah, and I haven't seen The Crown, even though I heard The Crown was really well, good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, yeah, here's a here's a really big problem. There seems to be an almost equal distribution of these shows between Hulu and HBO Max and Amazon Prime and Netflix and even PBS, and they all cost money. They're all going to cost you money, and. I Oh, and Disney, of course, you know, that Disney's in there too. And Apple, and Apple's got it too. And we swore we, I mean, I, I was working the thing where, okay, I'm going to watch closely. I'm just going to get the free thing for this month. I'll get the cheap thing now. We've got them all. I, I, I don't know. Maybe you don't have Showtime. We've got them all. We, we, we have these and we're indulging. There you go. I resisted Showtime for a while. I, I don't have HBO right now, actually, but I might get it because reasons but uh yeah no i resisted <laughs> i resisted showtime but then dexter came back i loved dexter back you know when it was another great new. comedy yeah <laughs> i love dexter dexter is the greatest serial killer of all time um yeah no, i i love dexter so i watched dexter but yeah no it's crazy the the subscription thing is overwhelming it it, it gets out of control very quickly it does it does I, I i'm just a classic i guess i'm just a ordinary nerd i'm really excited about all the star trek that's being produced now and and like wheel of time just started and it looks like it might actually be good foundation by apple you know they did the foundation series oh, by Isaac yeah. Asimov. Yeah. i have not watched that because uh, i've heard that it's not don't great bother. it is oh, yeah? so not great it well, is wheel so of not time great. so far i've seen i've only seen one episode of wheel of time and it's it was done really well i, I was impressed um so you know and the star trek shows i really love the star trek and have you seen has anybody seen star trek lower decks the cartoon Mm-mm. it is one of my favorite star treks in really history it is That's so a lot. well done it is an incredible show star trek lower decks it's so so good huh yeah all right discovery got dark I've... and i didn't i haven't caught up with it yet i heard it got really good but um yeah i, I lost interest in discovery at some point I've heard it's worth going back. Okay. I haven't yet, but that's what I've heard. Yeah, we we've discussed this I think in a previous show, but I think my favorite show that not that's not new but that's new to me that I've only discovered it this year since we're kind of doing a holiday or year recap kind of thing would be The Repair Shop. That's oh. the show oh, yeah. that I look forward uh. to 
watching, I catch up on and is uplifting and kind of gets you emotional sometimes and informative so and so inspired good. my hobbies what, to some what's degree. That on? Uh, it, well, it, it was it, on it, Netflix, BBC. but now it's gone, but you can watch it oh. on BBC. Yeah. The last episode <laughs> I was on, Kyle, you talked about repair shop and you talked about whiskey and I bought the whiskeys and they're good. You steered me, you steered me right. Uh, it was, it was great. And I also have multiple episodes of the repair shop. I have not started watching them yet though. Yeah. If, if you can find it, it's worth watching. It's it's like many of the British reality TV shows is uplifting and positive and everyone's kind and they're not trying to stir up artificial drama. The drama is already there in many cases because someone's bringing a family heirloom that has some amazing story behind it mm-hmm. that, you know, that means a lot to them, but is in disrepair or sometimes it's a family heirloom that in one case it was given to the son who then immediately dropped it and broke it oh. and and mm-hmm. then carried that with him for a decade put mm-hmm. it in a drawer and just had shame and then their father died and then he's finally like i'm finally going to fix this and kind of put the shame behind me and then they and then they repaired it and it was amazing so oh. yeah I, I watched all i could while it was on netflix and i mean some of the, the stories are amazing but some of the repairs are amazing like mind blowing. Oh, you yeah. think that there's no way that you could ever get this thing back to being either functional or or um you know looking nice or whatever and and they just do amazing work they do not necessarily always preserve they restore and they make a point to you know talk about the distinction um which is to say that they will let's say rather than preserve an item in its non-usable state for historic Mm. accuracy it's uh, or you know authenticity they will you know replace things and, and and refurbish and whatnot to make things work which is interesting the butter well, and they churn. Always, <laughs> That's they, cool. they, and they always have a, a discussion with the owner to see which way they want to go. They sort of yeah. present, do you want us to restore this or do you want right, us to exactly. preserve this? You know, and they always sort of present that. And for the most part, most of these items are not, we would consider them antiques in America, but in, in Britain, I don't believe they view most of them as really antiques, you know, because yeah. they're only a hundred years old for the yeah. most part, uh, maybe a little bit older. So they're mostly just sort of family heirloom type things. And in many cases, they want them to, you know, be repaired and maybe restored. They're more willing to have them, you know, for example, put a fresh coat of paint on this item or whatever mm-hmm. to make it look better, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or re-varnish, re-varnish a piece of furniture that has scratches in it that, you know, where it, with other antique furniture, you may not, or there may be other things you do. Yeah. I appreciate the British take on reality shows because... It's not about how horrible something can go. Like the Great British Bake Off, I love watching it. Great I haven't seen the repair show. Uh, it, It's just I I enjoy it. You know, like it, it warms my heart when I see like three people taking time out of their bake to go help somebody like move their cake and yeah, that's just cool. And I don't know why you don't yeah. see that in American reality TV that much. The the Great Pottery Throwdown, if you haven't seen, is <laughs> I haven't amazing i mean like i oh i can't tell you how excited i got over you know watching these potters make a sink or a toilet and get it to work it was like it's amazing like that is my the perfect level of drama in my it's it's such a good show well in the drama the drama in that show similar to the bake-off whether paul hollywood gives you a handshake is whether the main judge 
is moved to tears. Yeah, which is like, usually. And he loves he loves <laughs> he loves pottery so much in the craft of making pots, and he's so proud of these individuals that he's often moved to tears seeing what they were capable of making in the time. It's it's again, it's a very heartwarming, positive, uplifting, moving show. So yeah, I love it. That's maybe I don't know. It's among my favorite shows, I think, of all time. It's it's great too. I mean, the sewing bee is great too, but it's but the others I think are are better. I, I like the sewing bee as well, but I I think I like the other ones a little bit better. And for me, it. it's nice to see. So the the place where they filmed a lot of the um or filmed the pottery throwdown is one of the few potteries that survived because it was basically rescued i think it was actually prince charles among we we're talking about royalty earlier but i think his foundation or something rescued this old pottery and most of them are, are just lost to history they um you know I, i'm not sure when in the last 20 years they just kind of disappeared um and because it's you know it's not a particularly profitable thing i guess to make in england but um but yeah so there just aren't very many of these um i don't know pot's pretty profitable here (laughs) (laughs) but yeah the sort of iconic pottery potteries of of england spode for example i don't think i mean maybe spode still makes something in england i'm not sure i used to know things like that i don't really anymore but but yeah it's um it all went elsewhere and yeah so these things are kind of relics and I mean, the pottery, the, the potteries themselves, the f- actual facility. Uh, so they, you know, they, they restored this really cool um, old pottery with the old original bottle kilns and, and that kind of thing, which is, is just not something um, that has been preserved very well until this one example, I, or at least that is my understanding. There is a museum that I've actually been to. Um, not far from from there that that um, preserves some of the old bottle kilns and stuff like that but yeah anyway tangent about bottle kilns but (laughs) but anyway it's a really cool thing well in terms of but in terms of like handicrafts have you decided on a loom are you actually going to pull the trigger and and i'm very seriously considering it because yeah i mean it's it's gonna it's 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 gonna take up a lot less space than a kiln (laughs) that's true I mean, so. yeah, depending on which one you get, I, what, what surprised me is, I mean, maybe it shouldn't, but even if you want to go floor loom, if you look on your local Craigslist, I, I mean, I have, I've, there's a number of a very affordable looms on Craig, on my local Craigslist. And I imagine in your area, it would be similar just because people get into a hobby and then either upgrade or change or find they need something else or whatever it is. And often, especially in the case of floor looms, they're gigantic. It's sort of like um, like uh, upright pianos, where they're either really expensive or you people you can get them for free. You know that kind of thing. Uh, it's sort of like that. So I would recommend looking at your local area. There might be people who are you know looking to offload one pretty affordably that's fully functional and everything else. I yeah, could I'm... get a chromane floor loom. Um... That is 41 inches high with six pedals for $800. So, so that's Kyle, like, when are you going to invest in a Jacquard loom? A real Jacquard? <laughs> well, I can't wait uh, for that so to happen. I, I want to come visit. I almost, so right after our last podcast recording, I think it was, I had a lead. Someone posted a free loom on Craigslist that I was the second person to contact them about. And they weren't one of the first come, first serve kind of 
Craigslist people. They were the first person I talked to. I'm going to give them a chance kind of, mm. people, which is nice. So that's fine. It wasn't nice. I, I didn't appreciate it because it didn't benefit me at the time, but I also appreciate the sentiment, I guess, uh, that they wanted to give the other person the opportunity. But all that to say, it wasn't a shark hard loom that they were selling. However, they were selling one that uh, a, it's called a Dobby loom. And on the side, it has all of these sort of gears and, and functions that in some cases you can replace with solenoids and have some level of electronic automation of. Now, obviously not with moving the shuttle back and forth or anything like that, but there's some level of control similar to a Jacquard loom I've noticed from this company that made this uh, Dobby loom. And so it's like a box on the side that has gears and settings, but apparently can also have, I mean, I'm just judging by the, by the pictures, but I saw other models where they replaced that with solenoids. So uh, I was very close to, I, I was second in line, I guess. To, if I had was mm. able to get this floor loom, then yeah, at one point I probably would have looked into replacing that side box with, with electronic control and then had my own Chicard loom, but wasn't the B yet, maybe someday. I don't know. I think we might have to have a spinoff podcast about weaving. <laughs> that's, gonna, that's our next move. Oh gosh. Um, weaving and potting and gardening and baking and all of the things that we've done since we've been uh, spending more time inside. <laughs> I, I, I will say this is sort of the, one of the first years that I've been able to make presence of some level of quality, I suppose, to give to people, you know, that I, that I'm pleased with, or that that's a major present. And I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely meaningful to me and I suspect it will be meaningful to the recipients too, in much in a different way than the same exact thing. If I bought it in a store, which is, you know, not a, a, a new idea for anybody, but it does add some extra little something to the gift. I think that makes it both special to me and to the, I'm sure to the person I'm giving that makes me want to do it a lot more, I guess. Like I'm, I'm finding myself wanting to spend more time for future gifts, I suppose, and sort of planning ahead. And like I said, I imagine a lot of other people who do handicrafts or anything like that have already experienced this a long time ago and I'm just sort of new to it, but I definitely see the appeal and definitely appreciate it more. And I suspect that it's the kind of thing that if I give people the right stuff, it's something that they will probably appreciate and hold on to as well. It's also a way to get around the issues with supply chain problems, right? I mean, if you're making it, you're the yeah. supplier. You are the chain. Yeah. 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 And it's going way faster. These projects are going way faster than I thought. I figured it would take all month to make a plaid table runner because plaid is incredibly complicated to weave at least for me as a beginner um but it actually turned out to not be so bad and not be as time consuming as i thought it would be so so things they the projects go really fast like a scarf in a weekend kind of thing you know so if you can make a scarf for someone in a weekend that's not a bad turnaround time for a present for someone that they will probably you know if they like scarves and you do a decent job will appreciate for a long time if you use good materials then it's a fairly valuable gift. So, yeah, and they'll never throw it away. Yeah, and yeah. they won't throw it away. Someone made it by hand. You know, it's right. it's it's right. more appreciated. I baked gifts one year, like for everybody, and that was back when it was back when we had more living uh, family. But yeah, there were <laughs> we were we had a whole like you know holiday baking huge production at the time. Actually, this Lots isn't. Of, Lots this isn't why they're no longer living, right? No, no, I did not okay. poison them. No, they loved it. It was great. There were um, 
chocolate cherry something cookies. There were lemon bars that were amazing. I can't remember the other things we made, but yeah, we, we boxed them up all nicely. They looked all like cute bakery-esque, but it was, I don't know, every once in a while I get a, a crafty um, bug and decide to do something all out like that. And uh, it was great. Now I want lemon bars. Damn. <laughs> they were so good. Like really good lemon bar. Anyway. But yeah, I think, you know, I, I like that kind of thing. And I just, you know, I, I think it, coming full circle from the, from earlier in the podcast, I, I wonder if the pandemic sort of pushed people back into that mindset a little bit more than, than we had been recently. It did that for me. And yeah. I just wondered if I'm alone in that. It did make people more bored. So they did things that they used to not do. Yeah. Well, mine was a weird like survivalist thing or something. I don't know. But like I'm literally growing plants everywhere. I mean, you can even see that like, look at this. I'm growing like all kinds of, hold on. I have this growing on my desk. <laughs> it's is like, it's kind of pathetic. Yeah, it's dill. <laughs> and this is savory a little bit. And there were some rogue chives. I don't know how those got in there, but it looks kind of wonky, but it's alive, you know? And that's not something I had been able to do for most of my life, so. Well, I mean, I think, you know, people being cooped up in their homes did a couple of things. One, they were bored, and they, so they started doing things to pass the time. Two, they were freaked out about supply chain things. So like, oh, I went to the store. It was out of bread. I need to make sure that never happens again. Yes. Therefore, I will start making bread. Uh, and so started yeah. doing that. But but then also, I think, you know, tying into the holiday stuff, I think also people were surrounded with their stuff and buy their stuff all day long, every day, <laughs> and looking at all their stuff, and their stuff was in the way, and they weren't escaping their stuff very much. And when you're living like that, it starts causing you to question your stuff, I think. And so like, I, I really <laughs> like this thing, but I really hate this other thing. Why do I even have this thing? And it's in, I need more room or whatever. I need to get rid of this thing I don't care about anymore. So that's a model. Question your stuff. One of my favorite lines from George Carlin is, is called, uh, it's from his album, A Place for My Stuff. And it's worth looking up on YouTube or something. But the one liner from it is, have you ever noticed that everybody else's stuff is shit and all your shit is stuff? You know, that's. that's yeah. It, it was that, is that the, the it, was that the summary, the, the episode summary right there? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody else's oh, stuff is shit and all my stuff is shit is stuff. I got I a lot like of stuff here. Stuff. It's shit. <laughs> I have great stuff. I have too much of it, but I, I do enjoy my stuff. Um, yeah, so so on that note, I'm really impressed by all the listeners who've made it this far because you must have similar nerdy interests to uh, <laughs> the rest of us. Um, any? Do we have any other uh, parting words since we're, I think, at about that time? Although we did get started a little late, but I think that's fine. Uh, just, you know, merry, happy, everything. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Happy, all the things. And, and if, yeah. you, if you don't want to make anything, you can always buy spot plushies for me. Hopefully by the time yeah. this goes live, <laughs> I'll go. actually have a place you can buy there you them. Go. Yeah, no, no pressure. That's um, tomorrow, I think, actually. So uh, that, that'll be good pressure for me. Yeah, no supply chain they issues. Have... I literally have them and I will mail them unless you're in another country <laughs> and then it could be a problem. But in yeah. the U.S., they'll get to you before Christmas. So, yeah, stay, stay up, stay up all night and get that set up because we will include the link and we will tweet the crap out of it tomorrow. Right. Well, right, it'll it. be on my... I'll schedule them so I don't forget. It'll be on my Ko-Fi, Ko-Fi, Ko-Fi. Coffee. Isn't it, it's, it's coffee. coffee. No, Isn't it coffee. It I went so to their website to listen to them say it. Really? And they say like 
Kofi. But it has a cup of coffee. I get it. No, no, I, I'm with you. But I went to their site to hear them say it in their videos. All right. And I Is this like GIF? What, what are you talking about? I have no like, idea. I don't care if the guy who invented it calls it GIF because that just bothers me. I'm I'm team GIF. I'm not graphics, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, that's where it'll be because they have a storefront there. Okay. And well, the, we will link to it. Oh, yeah. Also, they'll be painfully expensive and i'll make about 12 cents from each one <laughs> well that's you know yeah but just so you know i'm not getting rich. low volume that's how yeah. that goes that's the problem yeah yeah but they're yeah. so cute that they're totally worth it they are cute i can't speak for experience because i don't have mine yet though <laughs> yeah. i will i think i think that's how that works i'll get mine with when everybody else gets theirs and we'll all celebrate together it'll be great okay that'd be awesome I, there's no rush on us merry christmas everyone <laughs> they work for any holiday <laughs> yep. new year's happy new year gifts that's right if you have a birthday in december you know what it'll work for that too i do actually we'll see I, do. I noticed that yeah yeah but uh yeah cool coffee. well um coffee. thanks everyone have a have a happy whatever and uh we will see I'll we see will you next year yeah in january where we will have some really cool stuff lined up i bet we'll talk about dns some more i bet that that happens oh yeah that's very exciting. i'll be at the same dns but at a different ip address is that great how that works yeah um yeah so 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 on that note until until next year until next year see you next year goodbye